This is The Good List. I'm Tish Oxenreiter. This is a work of art. And yes, I'm calling it a work of art to basically stick it to the man. I first wrote about going gray when I was 37, which is now six years ago for me, which side note is weird because I still feel 28 internally. We were about to go on our round the world trip for a school year. So in the months leading up to our departure date, I decided to grow out my gray hair because I knew I would not want to mess with that upkeep while living out of a backpack and not having a home base for a year. I kept up for it for a while when we returned because frankly, it was empowering I had been coloring my hair since I was in my early 20s, at first because it was fun, and then every now and then still because it was fun. But honestly, it was in order to cover the gray that started sprouting at what I thought was unseasonably early. I saw my first gray hair my senior year of college, and I couldn't believe it. I plucked it out post haste. Well, a few years after our travels, and I just felt blah. I felt drabby and unkempt, and as I neared closer to 40, I suddenly felt less young and more middle-aged, which weirded me out because I still felt so young inside. I'd actually feel somewhat surprised when I looked at myself in the mirror, like I didn't recognize myself. Who is that older-looking mom in the mirror? Aren't I the fun person who travels everywhere and lives by the seat of her pants? Why do I look like my favorite outing is Costco? It was around this time that I also decided to chop off my long hair into a pixie cut, something I always wanted to try out because the spirit of the idea echoed the same spirit of going gray, and that is, it's only hair. If I hate it, I'll grow it back, albeit it'll take a long time, because hair isn't permanent. I can always grow it out or cut it, and I can always dye it or grow out the color. And so I did. I chopped off my hair into a pixie, and I went back to coloring my hair, and I loved it. I felt like myself. I would tell Kyle that for the first time in ages, I would look at myself in the mirror and feel like I recognized the person looking back at me. It was like my soul wanted a pixie cut. I wanted a rich brown color. I know that sounds woo-woo, but that's truly how I felt. Well, except for a few hesitations here and there, the pixie cut has stayed. I don't know if I'll keep it forever, but it's here for now, and I love the low upkeep for a lot in return. Truly, it's like I'm made for a pixie cut. I want my hair to look cute, but I can't be bothered to do anything with it. So a pixie cut solves that problem. But the colored hair, thanks to the quarantine and pandemic of 2020, that's almost completely gone away now. And I reserve every right to change my mind again down the road. But surprising to me, probably more than anyone, I really, really like my gray hair again. I think I'm going to stick with it for a while. And this time, there's a few good reasons I'm leaning on that remind me why I'm compelled to stay with my natural color. So I'll share these reasons in just a second. After thanking one of the show's sponsors, I'll be right back. A quick break here to tell you about Rothy's, this episode's sponsor. Rothy's makes shoes and bags made from recycled plastic water bottles, and they're also durable, stylish, and machine washable. Their shoes are just bonker balls, amazingly comfortable, and the fabric knitted in a particular way for a zero break-in period. And this fabric they've created, it doesn't look remotely like it came from water bottles. I honestly don't quite know how they've done it. Their shoes for women and girls are comfortable enough to wear every day, anywhere, and with pretty much everything. After several years, I still love both my yellow flats and my black Chelsea boots, which are these 
slip-on, laceless, high-top booties. And both of these look great with either dresses or jeans and a t-shirt. And their best-selling shoe, the Point in Black, has over 3,000 near-perfect reviews from happy Rothy's devotees. So check out all their ever-evolving colors and patterns of shoes and bags available at rothys.com slash goodlist. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash goodlist. They're all about comfort, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes and bags you've probably been looking for. So one more time, that's rothys.com slash goodlist. Okay, so going gray. Why am I now doing it? And why am I encouraging you to give it a try as well? Well, here are a few reasons. First off, and maybe most importantly to me, it just looks better, I think. Even when I use really good hair color or go to a salon, going gray is like getting God-given highlights for free. And not only for free, but that obviously match my natural coloring because it is my natural coloring. I know that some people's gray hair comes in differently than mine, but I really do love seeing the streaks of silver in my hair. And Kyle likes it too, and so do the kids. And I get compliments on it. Secondly, it's easier. Keeping up with hair color is a lot of work for me, especially with short hair. It felt like I was constantly having to touch up my hair. And at some point, it just started feeling like I was keeping up with it for other people, as though I would offend people looking at me with my gray hair which is ridiculous, of course. It just got tiresome and expensive to constantly color my hair. Third, my hair is healthier. I was worried my hair would end up all wiry and dry. And while that can sometimes happen, after a while, my hair not only stopped being that way, it actually got healthier. My hair now feels softer, shinier and thicker with no color in it. I've read that when most people go gray, you have to recreate your hair care routine. And one of the reasons people's hair ends up dry and frizzy is because they care for it the way they did when it was colored. Natural gray hair requires different care. And once you find what works for you, it can really be remarkably soft and shiny. Fourth, it's better for the environment, both the world's and mine. So all the potions and poisons we put in our bodies and in our hair just isn't good for us. It's not good for the world around us either. And especially considering this isn't a necessity, there are studies out there that show an increase in cancer in women who regularly dye their hair. So that was a big contender for me. And then lastly, maybe one of the fun reasons is that I feel like I'm sticking it to the man in my own small way. We believe that women shouldn't go gray in their 20s because we've been conditioned to believe that. And so most women start coloring their hair whenever they spot enough gray hair. We also believe that not only does gray hair make us look older, but even if it does, that looking older is categorically bad. Why do we inherently find men who go gray good looking? I mean, we even call them silver foxes. And yet with women, we culturally believe that to go gray is to somehow be, quote, letting herself go. It is such a double standard. By going gray, you're telling the culture around you that yes, you are getting older. And that's a good thing, a thing to be celebrated and prized. It's saying you actually like how you look in your natural state. And there's nothing more countercultural than someone confident in their skin when it defies the norms. 
Okay, so these are the reasons for maybe growing out your gray hair. But I also do have a few tips for making it work better for you. So like I said, there's a good chance you'll need to change your hair care routine. So if you decide to give it a try, be prepared for that. What's worked for me these days is a method called co-washing, which is washing with conditioner and not using shampoo at all. I use a natural conditioner and I wash my hair just like I would with shampoo massaging my scalp. Now, of course, this doesn't take me long with a pixie cut, yet I still only do this about twice a week max. And in the winter, I'll probably do it only once a week. I still also use my beloved hair butter once my hair is dry to keep it defrizzed and healthy. It's all full of natural stuff like shea butter and essential oils, and one thing of it lasts me literally years. Another tip is get a good haircut. There's no one right haircut for gray hair, obviously, but I think getting a really good one for your hair type, face shape, lifestyle, and preferences is key to not looking like you've, quote, let yourself go. And then on that same note, I think it's key to take care of your skin. Now, I don't mean tons of makeup. I simply mean skincare. I'm no expert, but there's tons of good stuff out there. And I'm a fan of as natural as possible and as simple as possible. Keeping your skin well moisturized is huge as we get older. Taking care of your skin makes your gray hair look on purpose and not a byproduct of not taking care of yourself. And then finally, be prepared for your colors to change. Now by this, I mean the stuff that looks good on you. Your go-to colors you always wear might shift and you may need to rethink what works for your natural coloring. Personally, I found this kind of fun, like a new way to get to know myself. And with this, and kind of related to skincare, I do think it helps to wear a tiny bit of makeup that brightens my skin and reflects the highlights in my hair. I wear almost no makeup, so I'm not talking about much, but there are a few things I do when I go out and about to make my eyes look brighter and my skin and lips more vibrant. Not too much because that can actually age us, especially with gray hair, but just enough to help yourself feel on purpose and not that oh so insulting term, quote, letting yourself go. Because you haven't at all. You're letting yourself be yourself. I still reserve every right to change my mind and go back to coloring my hair just for fun. But for now, I am truly enjoying my natural highlights. Kyle likes them. And I see absolutely no shame in this game. Hi, Tish. This is Stephanie Welch. I'm from Eatonton, Georgia. I've been a long-time listener of your podcast when it used to be simple and now the good list. I absolutely love it. My good li- One thing on my good list right now during this quarantine is I call it the knitting hour. Every day at 3 o'clock, I take my quote-unquote lunch break from working remotely. I go outside and sit on my back porch, and I knit for an hour. There's something about the repetitive motion of knitting that calms my mind, and it also scratches the itch that I have to be productive during this quarantine time without putting too much pressure on myself. I'm nowhere near getting the sweater done that I was trying to get done, but it's been so beneficial for my mind and my heart. Thanks. Thanks so much to Stephanie for sharing with us what's on her good list. 
A little reminder that my latest book, Shadow and Light, A Journey into Advent, is officially out in the world. So go to shadowandlightadvent.com for more details and to order it from your favorite bookstore. Go ahead and order it now, since there have been reported delays, and that way you not only make sure you get your book in time for Advent, but you also get some lovely extras as a thank you for ordering early. So again, that's at shadowandlightadvent.com, or just use the link I've got in the show notes of this episode, number 44 of The Good List. As a reminder, I'm on Twitter at Tish, and every now and then on Instagram at Tish Oxenwriter, but I mostly like to connect with you through my free weekly email called Five Quick Things, which I send out most every Friday morning. To get it, go to fivequickthings.email and sign up for free, or again, find the link in this episode's show notes. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod, and thanks as always to Caroline Tissell and Kyle Oxenwriter for their help, as well as my furry intern, Ginny. I'm Tish Oxenwriter, and I'll be back with you soon. Thanks for listening to The Good List.